Flying Casuals brought to you by Patreon supporters Brent, Andy Dugan, David Bush, Rob Patsky, Jory Webb, Kelly Breckner, Nate Edison, and Wes Anderson. May the force be with you. You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Hello there, Star Wars fans. Welcome to the latest episode of Flying Casual, an all-Star Wars podcast. I am your humble host, Michael Canterbury. Apologies to you YouTube viewers there. Uh, some quarantine hair going on. I mean, it it's contained by the headset, but boy, when this thing comes off, I mean, it's covered in sweat and grease and now a headset. It's the only thing keeping it t- contained. Uh, Holly, let me apologize to you. You in person, joined here by the lovely Holly Walton. Holly, how are you doing? I really appreciate the apology. I felt like yeah. it's been a long time coming. Um, your hair was not as offensive, but now yeah. that you pointed out. It's a quarantine, you know, and I, I, I shouldn't have to apologize for it, but it's getting to a point where it just looks kind of disgusting. Yeah, no. No. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. Is it safe to go to the barber? I think... That you need to call your barber and ask them what they're doing to ensure that they're complying with yeah. all the state and federal guidelines, CDC yeah. guidelines. Because I think some hair places are just kind of like, we just want the business, so we're yeah. going to pack it in and everyone's wearing a mask and it's fine. But yeah, your haircut think. comes with a complimentary sneeze to the face. See, yeah. that's not, I, uh, no. Yeah, that wouldn't be. That, See, when yeah. you can just have it cut at home, I feel like that's probably better. And that's what's been happening. Holly, huh? you've done a great job. I, I mean, I don't, maybe you were a hairstylist back in the day. <laughs> um, you no. can't tell now, uh, but it looked pretty damn good uh, back then. But Holly, you know who has had the greatest head of hair throughout quarantine? I'm assuming childhood, you know, his teenage years, his young adult years, through parenthood, a great head of hair, unless it's a wig, which it could be, Holly. Are we sure yet? I haven't tugged on it. Is that like the new, like, is it cake? Is it cake? Or we'll take a knife to it and see if it cuts well. (laughs) I don't think you'd like that. Luke, how you doing, buddy? All natural, baby. (laughs) Boy, it is. Ain't no wig. No, it's no wig. Uh, Glad to have Luke here. Uh, and them locks, and uh, we're talking Star Wars today, guys. Lots going on in the Star Wars universe. If you follow Star Wars on Twitter or any other social media, it's rumors galore. Hey, today's the Mandalorian trailer. No, sorry, it's tomorrow. Wait, it was yesterday. We don't know, Holly, when things are coming. We have no idea what's Freezing. Maybe the Mandalorian was canceled. I don't know. I'm not, you know, a scoops kind of guy. You know, we don't break the news here. We just talk about it. Um, but, I mean, is it even happening? Should we start that rumor now? I don't. First of all, I don't know what you mean when you say yeah. I'm not a scoops kind of guy. Like yeah. you prefer the... like Tostito scoops. Yeah, I, I'm a, I like those. Those work well. You know, sometimes you get a really hard one phrasing, and wow. you bite down on that, and that boy Ugh. just can destroy your mouth. Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, I like the sweet potato ones from Kroger. <laughs> those are solid. Okay, but I um don't think the Mandalorian is canceled. Oh. But I also have been saying since the beginning that they're going, they were going to drop the trailer at Celebration, yeah. and so why wouldn't they yeah. just drop it when they were going to drop it before, which would be next week? With this week? This is Sunday night, right? I mean, it isn't this week? No, it was Labor Day weekend. Just kidding. I have no idea what, what time. No. Time is irrelevant He doesn't even know. Yeah. Um, 
But some people are, like, very angry about it. I'm like, just chill out. Like, you'll get it uh, when you get it. I put my best effort into Twitter. It's difficult <laughs> to interact with that community. It's just so dramatic. And it's just every everyone's at each other's throats. I'm like, yo, it's going to happen when it happens. Luke, were you on just ripping everyone because this, the, the Mandalorian trailer didn't drop this weekend or I mean are you out there dropping the scoops or I, I don't see Luke on Twitter much I'm assuming he has a different handle somewhere and it's it's probably you know Kathy Kennedy uh confirmed you know at twitter.com or whatever the hell it is that's an email address oh that's my bad Luke what do you think is going on yeah I don't venture out there much you know I I, I, I uh spy in there come on but uh i don't make my presence known you know I'm working <laughs> in the shadows covert luke's a bit of an introvert he's definitely in touch with his emotions and i maybe that's a tumblr thing holly you were on tumblr back in the day until you found out taylor swift was on there and then you got the hell out Bye. so yeah so sorry taylor uh holly's not a fan i am Biggest fan here. Don't forget Columbus Taylor uh, podcast family. That is a story for another time because I will take up the entire hour, hour and a half with my this Taylor, is Taylor Swift. It's not story. a Taylor Swift podcast. It's not, guys. So there's more than, you know, Mandalorian trailer scoops going on. Um, really controversial uh, bounty hunter comic, Holly. I know we, it was ruffling a lot of feathers out there. You we're speaking about star Wars's issues before we haven't personally read the issues nope. because they didn't seem that interesting to begin with really glad we're not reading them now, but a podcast ago or a while ago, you mentioned star Wars has a problem um, with killing off our heroines and what the hell is happening. Yeah, that will definitely be another podcast. We, yeah. so Michael and I found a couple articles that we'll share with you guys. Um, and then Paige sent another one to me and it all just kind of is exactly what we were talking about with yeah. the dark disciple where it's, there's a lot of female sacrifice to further different male character stories. Mm. And we don't really see that reverse very often. Yeah. And that's a big problem. It's kind of like a bummer to be a woman in star Wars. Yeah. Um, so we read some, disturbing reviews of this bounty hunter comic line and we were like "Ooh, not yeah. gonna go anywhere near that one but now the more i think about it the more i'm like maybe that's something that would be good to have a conversation Absolutely. about so i think that we are going to read them yeah. and then talk about them um so stay tuned for an episode about that yeah um because i think you know there are a lot of opinions about death in star wars and is it written in a way that discriminates or not mm-hmm and I think it depends on the writer, Yeah. but it's still Lucasfilm approving it or Marvel approving it and allowing it to get pushed through the publishing. So, yeah, boy, lots of gender discussions on Twitter about that comic, about Kathleen Kennedy saying they're looking for more female directors. Like it's just still blows my mind that we're in 2020 and there's a lot of people that are raising issues with that statement or going out and, you know, out of their way to, to, to just, just 
talk so much crap about uh, female directors and and why we don't need it. It's 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 mind blowing, Luke. I don't know if you've delved into any of this or not. I felt it was worth mentioning. I don't want anyone to think we're ignoring what's going on right now. We definitely have other things to talk about today, but wanted to just you know briefly discuss it, and we'll, we're going to dig into it more because this is something that's like Holly said, really important, important to her, especially. Um, she's been raising it for a long time, and I think sometimes Since the we Rebel kinda, Watch days we kind of gloss <laughs> over those things, right? Because yeah. and I'm I'm guilty of that too because sometimes I just get so overwhelmed and infatuated with some of the really good stories that I like, I tend to ignore the things that I'm annoyed by. Um, and that's not saying that the, the female driven comics are annoying. It's, it's the controversy <laughs> from people who, you know, are upset with females having roles and that it is an issue that annoys the hell out of me that people find problems with that. Um, so we're definitely going to dig into it more, but Luke, have you even, have you even touched that surface of that issue going on right now? No, I really wasn't aware of it. I, I knew those, that comic line w- was out there, um, but I hadn't looked into it myself. And I wait for you guys to tell me the Star Wars news, and then we talk <laughs> about it here. That's right, live. So uh, you're my filter. So <laughs> now I am informed. Definitely. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll dig into that some more. Yeah, we'll send you those articles so you can check them out too, and then we'll talk about it on a future episode. Because like yeah. Michael said, I think it's really important to bring that up, especially if Star Wars is a place for everyone. Everybody should be able to feel included, and that is also true for women. Yeah, and that is the problem because the narrative is Star Wars is for everyone, and then it just seems time and time again you have, you know, actually really great female characters who often, you know, what did you say, Holly, kind of kind of launched even our, our heroes into, you know, their path and, and, and their, you know, the – the female hero is cut short to, mm-hmm. to further an agenda of someone else. Uh, and in this instance, it seems like it was Boba Fett. So it seemed kind of weird. Um, I'm not really sure what was going on there. We got to pick those up. Um, I have a quick question. Yeah. On the, the lines of the female characters, um, sort of more of it in a bright spot. Uh, I think, you know, Dr. Afro is one of the more interesting characters. Did Definitely. either of you uh, get a chance to check out with, uh, the audio drama for Afro that were released recently? No, no have not. not and and still working on the comic book. So I'm I, I'm wondering is it a, is it a retelling, Luke, of that story? Yeah, it, okay, it is a retelling of storylines from I think the main line, the Vader line, and then her own line. Okay, um, the early portions of her story. So if you've read a lot of the early stuff of those lines, then you cover a lot of it. Um, but yeah, it's really cool to kind of revisit those stories. I had read all the comics that it drew from, yeah, and then just to kind of get it um, retold a little bit differently. And I, it seems like they're they're continuing to kind of push Afra forward as this prominent character by um, you know giving her this audio drama, which we've really only seen from what I can tell. The Dooku Jedi Lost was the only other yeah. like main one. So, you know, it seems like they continue to have plans for Afro, which I think is, is one of the brighter spots because she's a really unique uh, character, a heroine. Absolutely. Yeah, I saw a panel with maybe the maybe different different authors that um, I think Dr. Afro was brought up and there was a mm-hmm. whole conversation around that. I saw that on YouTube and I hadn't gotten a chance to watch it yet. Yeah, and it's cool. Like some people may be annoyed that they're just making – an audio drama or a novel based off of all these stories, but it makes it that much more accessible because comic book readers are a minority in star Wars, you know, like we're, you know, 
some of the few that actually enjoy those stories. Not a lot of people are going to put time into it. Not a lot of people are going to pay that extra money to, you know, especially if it's like a weekly issue that's, it can add up after a while. So, you know, it's not always the most friendly to everyone. And some people just don't like the style of storytelling. I tend to like it because I like it short and sweet and, and, and there's just, you know, spaces to fill in in your own mind and, but it's cool. It's it, this is reaching to a different audience. You know, there's people that only do audiobooks too. So that's that's yeah. awesome that they're going to be introduced. And you know something else? There are some areas where people's libraries still are not mm-hmm. open. And mm-hmm. if the only chance that you really get to, you know, get a new book, and yeah. you don't really have a lot of money, you have that library card. So if you get on yeah. Libby or Overdrive, yeah. and you don't have to worry about the wait list, yeah. then you can go ahead and download the audiobook too. So I kind of think that those audio dramas are a little bit more engaging mm-hmm. than some of just the more dry narrations of Absolutely. the books. Um, especially like listening to some star Wars books on audiobook. usually like when I run or work out mm-hmm. or drive, which never happens now. Yeah. It, it really does make a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was going to say, you mentioned the the pandemic and, and not having access and stuff. I was like, wouldn't that be cool if Lucasfilm was just like, Hey everyone, here's a free star Wars book. Oh, they I'm did like, that. They already did that. So my bad, Lucasfilm, you already did that. I'm sorry for being greedy. Um, but, you know, it's, it's hey, weird times, weird times. But So we're going to talk about all that stuff, guys, here in the future. But we do have some material to talk about today. We told you that we're going to dig in to those Thrawn excerpts. Um, the most recent, I think, an exclusive happened the other day and another one a couple weeks prior. Um, one may be more interesting than the other. It's up for debate in this conversation. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it. But uh, before we get to that, I want to talk about Vader issue number four of the new 2020 line. If you guys remember, we're following Darth Vader with Sabe and Tanra and uh, Typho um, and that 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 goofy little droid, uh, the forensic droid that's Z-6-7. hanging out with nice poll holly that's embarrassing i'm sorry i forgot that thank you for sharing ten that points. yeah 10 <laughs> points for you zero for me um they're all on a mission to uh, uh apparently find those secret recordings of of padme and uh where she was before she died and, and all that good stuff and, and if you recall it seems as though sabe and friends were setting up a trap to to destroy Darth Vader, they had put the pieces together. You know, they're like, you know, Padme was on Mustafar. Vader, that's your ground. Like, I'm you killed her, and we were right. It was a trap, and one of those giant, uh, old giant Sando Aqua Sando Monster. Aqua. Holly is on points. top of it today. Ten more points for her. Yes. Just you're turning into the encyclopedia. This is, podcast is just embarrassing for me now. I think I'm just jumping into saying what it that's is okay. before you and Luke get a chance to say hey, anything. <laughs> that's okay. Hey. You got the Star Wars knowledge. I will take it. But so we, we, we this fish does it, it kind of ruins their plans, right? Or wait, no, actually, it didn't ruin their plans. The plan was for this fish yeah. to attack them all along, and we find out that Tanra and Co had this fish collar um, yeah. that was bringing this thing into them, and which uh, is kind of sad. I know. I guess technically, creatures just being sacrificed here, Holly. We could talk about that too. Yeah. Technically, I guess that you can argue that the fish did yeah. ruin their plans. He absolutely did. Because I don't think, and that's the thing, that's the thing, this giant fish shows up and, and they're like, oh, totally, it's just going to destroy him. And then the droid is like, no, it's going to destroy us all. And, and Sabe's like, it's worth it then. It's like, you knew this was going to happen. But 
And so the the fish does. He goes he goes for Vader and swallows him and the droid, right? And uh, Tanra and them send the, the, the giant fish out. Uh, maybe the fish that we see in The Phantom Menace. It seems like that could be the same, you know, the bigger fish. There's always a bigger There's fish There's always in that a moment. bigger fish. Uh, it could yeah, have been that, him. It is that same one, that, that the always the bigger fish. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and we find and, and out. These, these comic book uh, creators have some kind of fetish with the Vader being eaten and then, like, slicing his way out. Because the, this is not. This is definitely not the first time this has happened. I think it, it happened at least once in one of the other Vader lines, if not multiple times, of him getting swallowed by a creature. And we're like, oh, well, we know he's slicing his way out yeah. of this one. Yeah, on Mon Cala, I mean, he was underwater getting, you know, attacked by vicious fish. And, and so, yeah, it just, I, I guess everyone's assumption is, well, no one else has been able to really do anything. Maybe these massive creatures will be able to. And, and so the thing eats them, well, you think. I just have to say, <laughs> I know that they do use the droid as like comic relief, right? Because Absolutely. he's like, nobody except for another yeah. one of these monsters has ever killed Absolutely. one of these monsters. And then at that moment, like Darth Vader, like yeah. pretty much at that moment, like slices his way through this thing, right? It does. Which is sad. It is. And then the droid's like, well, congratulations. You are now the first recorded person to kill one of these monsters. But then he tells them. Yeah. Now they're probably going to go extinct because really they're so sad. rare. Yeah. And it, then Darth Vader's like classic Darth Vader. Like, why do I care? What am I supposed to do with that information? Yeah, dude, we were being swallowed and I got us out of it. That's all you should worry about. And he is a forensic droid. So he's analyzing all the situation and he says, this thing is nearly 900 years old. 932, I think it was. Yeah. And he's like, wow, you really just decimated the population. They will probably go, uh, like you said, highly extinct in the next century because it takes so long to grow. Um, and there's only a few of them. So way to go, Vader. Not a conservationist. Holly. Absolutely not, which makes me hate him even more. Yeah, that's too bad. I always thought maybe he had a soft side for nature. Apparently not. Apparently not. Um, as we saw in Mustafar, he doesn't seem to care. Anyway, no. that's a whole other discussion. Um, so as you suspect, Vader survives. Uh, he tears his way out of there um, to no one's surprise. Um, maybe the, the droid. He maybe was a little surprised. Um, cut his way out of there with his lightsaber and uh, makes it back to shore. And then he's on a path to a certain place that, you know, I didn't really see this coming. I don't know if any of you guys did, but he does. He runs into more resistance here. So I guess everyone just assumed that he wasn't going to, you know, be dead. And uh, more folks from the prequels show up. Uh, if the Amadalans. The Amadalans. Jeezy Pete. Holly has all this information. Michael apparently. didn't think that I no. retained. I'm like, Not side note, I'm like standing out on the deck before yeah. podcasting because there was like a weird thunderstorm that went over it. Whatever. And Michael's like, ahem. Time to tap, study up. Tap in his watch. He's like, have you read <laughs> anything that you're supposed to read? I'm like, I already read it. Got it. Never doubted you for a second, Holly. Never doubted you for a second. But more folks show up. We have, if you recall that pilot uh, from the Phantom Menace uh, and Anakin sitting there next to him in the, in the pilot seat area. And uh, he says, hey, uh, something or something or other. And he's like, oh, you're, you catch on pretty quick. That guy shows up. He's aged quite a bit. Luke, do you recall that gentleman's name? I, I don't. Rick Ollier. Hey. Rick Ollier. There we go. See, guys, I can always count on my friends to drop the knowledge. <laughs> I'll just tell a half-assed story, and they can fill in the details. Uh, that guy shows up with, with some Gungans and some other warriors. They attack Vader 
and boy, he destroys them instantly. I mean, they're all dead. He goes on his way, uh, and then again, he is confronted once more by Sabe and the rest of the handmaidens. And Can all I, this time, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, oh, I'm yeah. going to say one thing before we get to the other handmaidens. Yeah, there was one moment. Um, Luke, what was his name? Rick. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to call him by his first name because that's how associated we are with this. Hey, that's right. hey Rick. That's right. Uh, he like confronts Vader and he's like, you have to die yeah. for Padme. And then he says, and also for Anakin. Yeah. I was going to talk about those flashbacks. Oh, sorry. No, no, you're absolutely right because this entire time uh, he even has, I, I feel like he has, uh, maybe he has some flashbacks when he's getting digested, apparently, by the uh, sea creature. <laughs> but he does. He has flashbacks in the presence of Rick and company, and he remembers him. He remembers that moment in the star f- in the in the in the spaceship going up. Spaceship, well, we can we can come back to it then. No, it's just it, that that is what it is. And so, same with the handmaidens, right? There's more yeah. flashbacks, and they're all referencing Anakin Skywalker, mm-hmm. and that we're fighting for Padme and her memory and Anakin. And it's just, it, it has to be affecting uh, Darth Vader. I mean, we, and we know ultimately something affects him to a point where he turns, right? He's redeemed. So it's just, you know, kind of chipping away here post five. He, he's, he knows he has a son. His son's rejected him. And he's realizing he probably killed his wife. And, and there's all these people saying, wow, we're fighting for Anakin. And maybe he's saying under that armor, man, I made a mistake. Luke, I, <laughs> Where do these flashbacks take you, man? I mean, is this are we are we so close to a redemption here? Or I mean, are we just we got a long long story to go here? Yeah, it's it's tricky because you know Vader is a man of of many or so few words rather, mm-hmm. uh, and in in the comic medium there there's often just in these moments this panel of just his face his mask yeah. and since there's no expression on the mask you, you read into it what you will in those moments but it's very deliberately done as like yeah. a pause let you as the reader take a moment to think about what's going on in vader's head at that moment so it's, it's brilliantly done in that way by the you know, the comic creators because yeah i think it is it it's making it harder for him to, to to kill these people and slice through them, but he still does it anyways. Yeah. Uh, but I think it does, you know, it's astonishing to see that, um, you know, these people want to avenge him because they assume that if this Vader killed Padme, Mm -hmm. he probably took out Anakin who was, who was known as her companion often. Yeah. Uh, so like that was, I thought a brilliant little tidbit to throw in there, uh, and to see, to see Vader continue to struggle with it. But then at this point he, he's carrying on with it because he's so sort of entrenched in the, in the darkness and the, and the light is so far buried at this point that, that he can get through it, but still with a little bit of, of hesitation. Yeah. yeah. I, I like, I like that because in, um, in the part of the comic where he kills that sea monster, mm. it does that. And it felt, very much like season seven of the Clone Wars for a second, where you see like his reflection on the helmet, you see his reflection in the eyes of the creature yeah. that he had just killed or that oh, is yeah. dying as he's like killing it. But it's, I actually had that thought when I was reading through the comic because if you look at the illustrations, it 
like Luke said, it's just his mask. And like, it is. they do subtle things with his body language and usually in just like the way his body's turned or his arms or his shoulders. But ultimately, like as people, we need those facial expressions and we yeah. need to read those to understand the emotion behind what's going on. And we don't get that. And it's also telling in that every confrontation he has here, whether it's the handmaidens or Rick or maybe not the monster, but the, those two, those two groups, he, we know Vader in a flick of a wrist could probably just snap their necks and move on. And sometimes he does, but here he's also seeking information. So they approach him, right? Everyone's got their blasters on him. Um, the Gungans are throwing their force balls at him with catapults and stuff. And, and, and uh, he kind of pushes them all away and he's like, like, I, you know, I, I don't know if he says, I don't want to kill you, but he's like, you know, I, 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 he wants information. He's, he's not toying with them, but it's not necessarily, yeah. he's, he's not going out of his way to just murder people. And he'll, he'll pose questions to them. Even the handmaidens, I believe he was just like, were you there with Padme when she died? Like he just whooped all their butts. Right. And they're yeah. like hurting or whatever. And he's it, like, were yeah. you there? It was to Rick because to he Rick, says, yeah. were you there? And then he was like, no, we only buried her. We only buried her. And so then, okay, you're no use to me now. Okay. Let me get rid of you. But he's seeking. But then again, I, 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 there was moments there in those confrontations where he's not killing them. And I'm like, he, it feels like he wants to let them go. Well, it's right? like it's showing you that Anakin is still like there, there. whether he knows it or not. And he might not yeah. even be aware of it. But whether yeah. he knows that or not, Anakin is there because we get these flashbacks. And then in a moment, like when the handmaidens are blocking him from entering Padme's tomb, yeah. in that moment, he can absolutely kill them to get yeah. them out of his way. But he doesn't. And he literally says to them, you either need to move or I will kill you. Yeah, absolutely. But he gives them a choice. Like, he, he does. doesn't just do it. He does. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. And, and so this this entire time, it seems like he was... He was going to Naboo to find answers, but he also apparently knew where the tomb of Padme Amidala was. Mm -hmm. And we, we see that tomb. It has, you know, her statue on the front of it, and there are the handmaidens protecting yeah. it. And they put up a good fight. They put up a hell of a fight. Um, you know, jabbed him a couple times, hit him with some shocks. Um, and he ultimately defeats them, and, and we're left there with Sabe, you know, begging for him, you know, to not pretty much desecrate her memorial here um and asked if you had gotten what you needed and he said no and we're we end the this issue with him opening up the gate to the to the uh or the whatever the door to her tomb and i'm just i never even thought about like where padme was buried or like you know where where did they take her? Was it Naboo? Was it, you know what what did they do with her? Um, it was never a question that kind of crossed my mind. I never thought we'd be going to her tomb here. Um, now I'm just wondering like what the hell's in the tomb? And I don't know if we're getting this issue next week or in a month or whenever. But uh, Luke, are you, I'm curious. Is the tomb empty? I mean, has she risen? Uh, will he see her corpse there and then ultimately reflect and be like, I did this. I'm going to remember every moment of her life that I took. Well, I have to admit this isn't coming from any place of a like clairvoyance. Uh, they give you that image of, I think the cover yeah. of, of yep. the next issue at the end. Yeah. And it, it, to me, it clearly seemed to convey that uh, it's going to have him struggle with, with Anakin. 
with, yeah. the, with his light. It will bring more of that to the surface, I think. Uh, so that that is always, even though it's been uh, explored in many other of the Vader comics, mm-hmm. uh, it's still an interesting uh, thing to continue to explore and see. And so I'm interested in that. But I I, I want to roll back real quick to the, the other handmaidens there. Mm-hmm. And I think I talked about this when we talked about Many months ago, when this when this line first started, and then we had the pause, um, just how great it is that they continue to draw on all the backstory that the Handmaidens have been given through Queen Shadow and Queen's Peril. And I just got Queen's Peril from the library. I haven't started it yet because uh, I'm still working my way through Alphabet Squadron, but I'm excited to to, to jump into that. And so, imagine E.K. Johnson has to be really thrilled that they. They are using like so much of the background that she laid down there yeah. uh, in these comic lines. Um, and I had this great fear when the five handmaids appeared before him and blocked his way to the tomb that they were all going to die. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, no, don't kill all these handmaidens yeah. right here. Um, so I was really quite relieved that it, it seemed to me they were all alive still, as far as I could tell. I think Sabe was yeah. the only one who spoke, but yeah. I think there was another another pain maybe with the other four showing they were still alive. They're all kind of hiding like or something. Yeah. A big, a big relief. Cause <laughs> sort of talking about like killing off the female characters. I thought they were all about to bite it uh, when they stood up to him. Absolutely. Holly, is it, is it an, an appreciation for the handmaidens then and their dedication? Because he's, Vader's having it's those classic Vader flashbacks with with the red panes and the red overlay over the panes of these memories that he's having. Is that just is is this he's he's recalling how dedicated these people were to protecting his wife? Yeah, the love of his life. Does he spare these handmaidens out of an appreciation and say, you are dedicated to the same thing I was dedicated? You know, maybe, you know, you're just kind of in my way Mm -hmm. of getting answers to what ultimately happened. So I think something cool that we've talked about with this comic line before that we all agreed we really appreciated is, in a way, the droid is almost narrating parts of the storyline for mm-hmm. us and pushing that forward. Yeah. And so when the handmaidens come in, sorry, I, I had to pull the comic up cause I was like, mm-hmm. I don't remember all their names, but I'm glad that Luke brought it up. Cause I wanted to talk about that. I love how they're introduced. Yeah. And then each one that's introduced, the droid says it's her name yep. and who or when she was in Padme's life for how long, yeah. what her role was. And then Darth Vader has a flashback to a scene from when he was a very, very young Anakin Skywalker for almost all of the handmaidens. So I think that he is. And in those flashbacks, they are moments where these handmaidens are just really stepping up for Padme. Right. Yeah. I mean, we have them there with Qui-Gon when he was burning. Yes. Um, We have, a f- Sorry, I was reading this. We have like That's a flirty a good- moment between Padme and Anakin, where Creepy, the handmaiden, yeah. yeah, when the handmaiden is covering. Yep. Um. So we have all these moments after each of them gets introduced, mm-hmm. and then that's when he tells them after he has all these flashbacks. That's when he's like, "If you don't leave," or he says, "If," and then he stutters, mm-hmm. "If you wish to live, leave now, yeah, or die, essentially." 
But that's, and then they attack him. But, but yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say. So that's my question. Then, like, is this him purposely not killing yeah. them? And as an as a as a token of appreciation, you're spared. I don't think it's a token because, of appreciation. Okay. I don't. I don't think that that's what okay. it is. I think that we're just seeing. I guess what probably Palpatine would call moments of weakness. Darth yeah. Vader would probably call it a moment of weakness if it happened to anybody except yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, where he just has that crushing memory and then he's not as motivated to kill them. Yeah. I don't think he's like intentionally sparing them because he's like, oh, you women were good to cool. Padme. Yeah. So just get out of my way. I don't think that okay. that's why. The, hey, that's fine. I think it's how closely they are associated with Padme that it would make it harder to just mow them down. Yeah. Um, be, because they are so, so closely associated with her, and probably he feels like maybe he can learn more about her through them. Mm-hmm. So I think he's a little bit reluctant to sever that possible link. Yeah, and remember they resemble her too. Like he was struck when he saw Sabe, and he's like Padme, and he was like frozen. And I even believe the droid's like, "No, bro, that's not her." And he's still like, "But she looks so much like her." So uh, it's it's like <laughs> he's like right, which I kind of—that's how I kind of like, look at it right now. Um, <laughs> something something that I did think was interesting is we do see if you look at. Um, I know there's a lot of debate right now, especially on Twitter, where oh people boy. are like, Anakin and Darth Vader are the same person. They're not different people. Not so fast. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So that's something we could talk about some other time. But I do think that if you look at the Anakin that we see on Mustafar, mm-hmm. and then you see Darth Vader now, and you see Anakin, when he's Anakin, is he cannot control his emotions. He yep. lashes out. He acts out in anger. And... If this scene that we see here on Naboo would have happened when Anakin, like his pre-transformation, mm-hmm. I don't know, Sith Lord transition, I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah. But if that had happened then, I think that he would have murdered all of these handmaidens. I think that everybody here around him would have been killed yeah. because as he's getting these flashbacks, he wouldn't know how to control any of those emotions. Yeah. And historically we've seen him lash out and become violent in those moments. Mm-hmm. Just like we kind of see with Kylo Ren It's very similar. Yeah. They can't control their anger. That's right. Yeah. But then we see this evolution of Darth Vader where now he is able to control it, but he's kind of like crushed by, these memories, and I feel like also that's what's making it hard for him mm-hmm. to do much else because they keep like hitting him in waves, yeah. and I think that it's very distracting for him, and he can't focus on everything else that's going on around him. And 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 remember these these flashbacks that we're having. We've seen flashbacks from Attack of the Clones. We've seen them rolling around the grasses on Naboo. You know, Anakin standing on a bull, making a jackass of himself. Yeah, we've seen that. We've seen flat. We've seen him as little Annie, little nine-year-old Annie. We haven't seen Revenge of the Sith. We haven't seen that scene on Mustafar. And when Vader remembers that he was the one who had his Force choke around her neck, it's gonna be a wake-up call. And I can't wait to see how he reacts. You know, is he gonna freak out and just start murdering everyone, or is this gonna be a true moment of, wow? Boy, did I go wrong. I was the chosen one. I've let everyone down, 
even my brother Obi-Wan Kenobi, now my son, like, is that going to be the moment that turns? We don't know when this comic line ends, right? We don't know if it, okay. And don't forget, this comic line started as a revenge tour of 2020. Vader was hell-bent on going out there and murdering everyone that made his son a little wimp. And boy, did that revenge tour get detoured yeah. quickly. If it wouldn't have, would we see a different Vader? Would he have ever been redeemed? If he was still out there searching for all those that trained, searching for you know everyone that trained Luke, that raised him, or whatever, that hid him, would we be seeing episode six Vader? I don't know. If he wouldn't have dealt with the processing of him murdering his wife, would he have ever been redeemed? I say probably not. Now, Holly, you're avoiding my resurrection question. So we're in the tomb. You think Padme's been resurrected? What's next? I, here's the thing. The Handmaidens and Padme, the Amidalans, are known for deception. Why would you just make a tomb here? You know, very obvious it's for Padme. They're the, they're the queens of deception. Why? I mean, why would they... Why would they do that? I I think it's and they knew that he was going to come there. It's like they knew that Plan B was he doesn't get eaten by this giant fish. Let's go stand at the tomb. He's probably there. He will come. I don't know. I think on one hand, if if she is not there, yeah, he's going to lose it. I think. I (laughs) I know she's alive. I told you. I felt it. Yeah. I don't think that. But if it is a trick, oh, he's going to flip. I would oh. not want to be on Naboo when that happens. Boy, yeah, let's hope he doesn't go down to the tomb and find it empty and the handmaidens are behind me. He's like, you lied to me, and he just murdered but them all. That'd be terrible. I also, like, I feel like she's not going to be there, though. I do, too. There's something There's something that yeah. he does see in the tomb. Boy. It's, um, are you talking about the necklace? Oh, his necklace. Yeah, yeah. you're right. The necklace that he, he made for it, right? Yeah. yeah. Good call. Good call. He they, So that's there. And then we get one of those sure. famous face panels like Luke was talking about yep. where, I mean, I could look at this and interpret it as him being a little bit upset about yeah. what he's remembering. Yeah. You can't see the tears, but they're probably there. There's just something really sad about the way that he looks in this. I know. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And so he does. There, there, there's He sees the, the, the wooden necklace or whatever it was. I, I don't Holly, you you want another drop another fact here? You know what it's called? Oh uh, no, I don't. <laughs> it's uh, I had to look it up. I've heard it before, but I couldn't remember it. But it's Japor snippet. Ooh, okay. Never heard that what reference. Does it do? I I think he just carved it out of wood. Oh. he Thanks carved it. Yeah, the it's carved of Japor snippet. Yeah. Oh, that's what it's made of. I didn't know that he was like a whittler. Yeah. There's not a lot to do on Tatooine, Holly. So yeah, that's true. Also, not a lot of trees. So I, know. I don't know where you're getting that wood. Hot commodity. Raising. Yeah, I don't know if it's wood or if it's like a sort of a soft rock. I, it looks yeah. like a, some sort of like softer rock to me. Yeah. Well, when you're on Tatooine and you're avoiding sand all day, I don't know what else you're doing, you know, other than, you know, whittling or shaving down a rock, I guess. But uh, um, so I, I think, you know, I think the tomb's empty. I think it's deception. And I think that might anger him you know, a bit. But yeah, I'll, you know what I'll, else? reading the comic live as we speak. I'm sorry. That's I'm okay. not reading it live. Something else that just struck me yeah. is after he s- sees that necklace and then he remembers him 
giving it to Padme and saying, mm-hmm. I made this for you, he like replays those lines in his mind mm-hmm. again yeah. on the next page of the comic. And then in like the flashbacks, we see the things that had just happened. Yeah. We see all the death and destruction. You see the sea monster, you see all the Amidalans, mm-hmm. and then you see the handmaidens. Yeah. And they're all just sitting there. And then Sabe asks him, are you done? Yeah. And then he's like, no. And he goes into the tomb, right? Yeah. But I don't know. That tone definitely shifts. Yeah. It's it's really sad. And, and when they, summar, you know, they summarize all the sacrifice there, all of those people were there to protect her. You know, and and that, that Anakin was supposed to do that too. And also, you know, and he even said, yeah, that one of those flashbacks was when, hey, when the captain realizes you've gone, like, what's going to happen? And she's like, well, I guess my Jedi protector is going to have to step up. <laughs> that yeah. was his job. That's what Anakin was there. That was his wife, and even those that continued on and have tried to protect her. He's destroying them all. It's just really and tragic. And these are also people who would have done their best to protect him. Don't oh, forget. Boy, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Holly. Because they he also still want... Annie or, uh-huh. you know, a good, the good Jedi he was supposed yeah. to be that they're honoring every day and that they're, you know, sacrificing themselves in the name of. Well, they're yeah. avenging his death on Mustafar yeah. just as much as they're boy. avenging Padme's. How ironic. And when they all find out, it's... <sighs> I don't know. Boy. I don't know. I I think. So what's your over, over under 50% that, that's empty? Let's do it. Let's gamble a little oh, bit. Oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. I say over. Over 50%? Absolutely. I'll close to say 75%. 75%. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to. Okay, maybe like 60. Oh, okay. Luke, how about you? Uh, over under 50%. The tomb is empty. I'm leaning under. Okay. I'm not quite buying it just yet. And I, I think it's great that that Holly points out those last pains in the uh, in the memory flashback tone, the red mm. memory flashback tone, because it did throw me off and it has my mind kind of racing because it all the other flashbacks are events that were many, many yeah. years earlier. And then all of a sudden we're getting these images uh, of that variety, but they're very recent events that are the things that are potentially happening currently. And, and they're bookended by the line about the necklace. I made this for you. So it's kind of like racking my brain to interpret what they're trying to convey. And it's like, I think he's like almost arguing with Padme there where he can sort of see her disapproving all the things he's done to get to the tomb where he is yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, but him trying to say like, no, I'm, this is for you. This is, I could, because presumably he's still trying to like, you know, resurrect her or bring her back. Yeah. Use, use the, the unnatural abilities to, to stop or reverse death, which he, he hoped to do all along for her. So yeah, that was um, yeah, a really complex page where they, they went through that and trying to, Kind of figure out what the what the meaning is there. Yeah, we'll have to revisit that again because I agree. It it felt like there was they were trying to say something else there, and I like you said, Luke. It, it could very well be that it could. Is this Vader now realizing what he's actually doing? Like, well, is it, it skips? Like Luke said, like the memories. Like <laughs> we go from 
I don't even think that they were married yet mm-hmm. when she, when he had that flashback of like, oh, my Jedi protector. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we jump up to like today. So he mm-hmm. still, even in his flashbacks, skips yeah. all the bad things that he did to her. And that's what, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I, is this where the regret I begins? I, I feel like it is, you know? Because every single moment that he remembers is is a, almost a moment of regret. Well, kind of. But now it's just like, as Darth Vader, I'm starting to realize that, boy, I, it's me. Like, I, I, I'm i the bad memory. Like, I'm the one uh, who isn't honoring her. I don't know. It, it, we need to revisit that again. There's something else there, and I'd really like to pick the author's brain about that because it was a little <laughs> confusing, but there's something deeper that we're missing um, that we'll, we'll have to revisit that and, and pick it back out. But a solid, so far, four issues in, I'm pleased as punch. Yeah. And it's cool because, you know, as much as I was wanting, you know, the Vader searching for answers about Luke and all this and that, it's cool in that the delays with the publishing now has the main line in a very similar time frame. And sometimes I have to remember how we're distinguishing the two lines because, I mean, we definitely, you know, we have Luke and, and the main line, and it's post-episode five. It's it's the same kind of time frame, so it's it's really cool to see that um, in a very unique way that we're, we're receiving the, those stories right now. So I'm excited to continue this on. We're going to keep reading these um, as, you know, as long as they happen. We'll, we'll, we'll see how far they go. Now, there have also been, folks, a, a couple Thrawn excerpts in the past few weeks um, that we're just now catching up on. Uh, Holly, a, a a series you have yet to to to, to yeah. dig into the, the the new Thrawn series. Yep. I, I mean, you read the excerpts. I feel like we're going to disagree a little bit on on the two that we read and which were more fascinating. But you picked it up. You've only read the excerpt so far. You've seen Thrawn and Rebels. What's the reaction? Are you intrigued by this? Are you going to pick up the first trilogy and then yeah, dive into I, these? <laughs> I am much more intrigued now with these last two excerpts than I was with the first one. Okay. So I'm not sure about the order that they decided to release these in, but, um, I think I will pick the book up. Obviously I have a Star Wars book club. I'm going to pick the book up, Yeah. but I think that it sounds pretty intriguing. And I also really like Thrawn and every single time I read anything that has Thrawn in it, I just, I can just hear him And I can just see him pacing around his ship, Mm -hmm. looking at people, like looking them up and down, talking to him in his little condescending Thrawn tone. Yeah. So what was it about that you mentioned before we started that you had actually liked the the first one we had you read that happened, I think they released a a few weeks ago. Yeah. um, When we're in a battle sequence with, they actually revealed the name of the enemy who attacked the Chiss. And I can't, I don't don't know if you have that pulled up, Holly, and you want to try to pronounce it. The cata um, somethings. Oh no! It was it started with a P. The pata somethings. Anyway. Anyway. Um. Couldn't be, couldn't yeah. believe that we actually we were revealed. It's not the Grisk. It's someone else. It seems. But you enjoyed this battle sequence. Is that yes. what I'm hearing? You were enjoying the kind of back and forth. Thrawn has a plan. No one around has any idea what the hell he's doing, and he pulls it out. Of yeah. His hat. It was the. I don't know. I didn't listen. There is an audiobook recording yeah. attached to this that will also Get tell you it how it's... Get your best it... shot. I feel like my main accent is going to come I out. I hope it does. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
I would say pota- potatoes. Potatoes. <laughs> no, have ourselves some mashed potatoes like here. Let's throw on deal with them. I'm like from Mash the them county. Up real good. Um, Jesus, throw some butter on them potatoes. Make a nice, I think, nice dinner. I think yeah. that the reason why I like this excerpt the most is because this like fits in with the throng that I know from Rebels. Okay. Okay. Um, because we kind of see him have this cunning like. I'm going to call the shots and then I'm yeah. going to wait until everybody realizes what's going on yeah. because I'm smart yeah. and I got it first. Yeah. Um, so I liked this one because he kind of made all these decisions and everyone's like, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. What is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And then like the light bulb comes on and they're like, oh, yeah. this is a genius battle plan. He's drawing them into mm-hmm. us so then everyone else can target them. Whatever. Yeah. Well, let me tell you this, Holly. If you like that, you're going to love the hell out of the first Thrawn book. Because that's all it is. That's all okay. it is. Especially when Thrawn becomes a commanding officer. Okay. Yeah, Are you ahead. saying that it's Thrawn and his attitude or it's battle scenes? Because I don't Both. love battle scenes. Boy, I'm not into that, but I... Boy, you are not going to <laughs> like this book. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, it's just that's... That's a lot of what the author does. Remind me of the name. Why am I forgetting the name? Timothy's Zahn. Timothy's on. I'm an idiot. It's embarrassing moments like this, this where people don't think podcast. I'm a Star Wars fan. Yeah. That is Timothy Zahn's writing. It's the details. It's the battle execution. You're going to get details you don't care about. So mm-hmm. be prepared for a lot of that, especially in the first Thrawn book. Yep. There's not a ton, you know, not as much of it, I guess, in the second and third. Um, Luke might disagree or whatever, but it, th- to me, that this excerpt we read. Boy, it felt like that first book all over again. And I realize, like, we have to get... We've already been introduced to Thrawn's mindset, but now we're seeing that mindset play out at a younger age where people aren't really privy to how he does business. But then again, the Empire didn't really know how he handled himself either. So we're now we're seeing how the Chiss are going to respond to that kind of that attitude that, hey, my Supreme Commander, he, you know, should have the information about what I'm about to execute and I'm just going to leave him out of it and I'm going to pull off this wicked maneuver mm-hmm. and it's going to work out and I'm going to blow everyone's mind. I mean... It's very similar to the first book, at least that little part there, and I'm sure there's way more of this book, but it felt very similar to the first book. There's also a junior officer there couldn't remember the guy's name in this book. Yes, Samacro. 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 Sounds about right. Potatoes. 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 <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so this junior officer that's working with him, and to me, he's giving off a real like Eli Vanto vibe. I don't so know what that means. I know you will. You will. He's okay. also a junior officer with the Empire who finds Thrawn annoying, and he's like, he's my superior, and I have to like freaking work with him. This is annoying ends up gaining a lot of respect for him, but doesn't really understand Thrawn's mindset, but over well, time begins to understand and he begins to execute the way Thrawn does. Something that I yeah. kind of liked is that it, I don't know in this, in this excerpt, come on said junior officer, like just like flat out is like, Whoa, yeah. Thrawn said to do this. No, don't do that. Yeah. And he like, like goes against every, yeah. counteracts every call that Thrawn's making and mm-hmm. Thrawn doesn't even like bat an eye. He's yeah. just like, no. Cause he knows that's how people are going to respond to the, the things that he's doing. He's like, just let it play but, out. But like isn't he like there's a, no convincing you. Isn't I he like that. above his, isn't he like ranked higher than him? Like, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe I don't understand what's going on then in this so, because I was surprised that this dude was like Thrawn would call an order mm-hmm. and then this guy would call it off 
and then Thrawn yeah. would be like, no, back on. No, he's, I mean, he's a captain, so he is, he's not like an admiral right now. There's an Admiral Arlani that you're introduced to. She's actually from the prior books, um, someone that I think he gets along with pretty well or whatever. But so he's a captain at this point. I'm sure he's going to work his way through the ranks just like he did with the Empire. Well, but, I thought Thrawn yeah. was a higher ranking than this other guy that was. He, he is, yeah. Okay. But you're going to see that. There's going to be people that are just like, this dude is jeopardizing this entire mission. I'm going to go. And it ends up working in Thrawn's favor. And some people despise him for that. Others are like, wow, I'm going to get behind that. This dude's going places. And Eli Vanto was one of those people that kind of realized that from what I'm recalling. But uh, Luke, I don't think you got to pick up that excerpt in, in, in particular, but it seems like it's going to, you know, we're going to get some similar story, you know, people accepting who Thrawn is and they don't quite understand it, but boy, we're damn glad sure he's on our side. I don't but, even yeah. think we explain. I think anyone listening is going to be like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Well, that's the in thing. This, you got to read the excerpt. I know. So this excerpt is from IGN. Um, and in it, yeah. we have, Thrawn, the Admiral, and the junior yeah. captain, and they're in a ship, and they're being attacked by the group that I tried to pronounce and the slaughtered. Potatoes. And, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so Thrawn is, like, having the people running the guns shoot all their weapons and miss, and then they're, like, he's giving them bad directions yeah. for shooting, and then he's drawing all the enemy, like, up to the ship without actually knocking them down. Mm-hmm. And so everyone else is like, whoa, he's crazy. Like, he doesn't even know what he's doing. Like, we're all going to die now. And so yeah. they're trying to to kind of, you know, have everyone do the opposite of what Thrawn is saying. Yeah. And then everybody figures it out. But Thrawn is his normal, mm-hmm. like, smug, like, I know what I'm doing, very calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every, and he ends up being right. He was right, yeah. So everyone else wants to fire on these folks, right? But he realizes that the enemy likes to swarm, you know, the weaker forces and he sees that he's like let's play kind of like a wounded sheep and they come in to attack them and it's to free up the rest of the force so they can attack them it, mm-hmm. it, is it that genius i don't know but in the star wars universe it is um so yeah you're right holly the way i explain things i it just expect everyone <laughs> to be in my mind well so that's why you're here you're here to clear that that up. um i think something to, at least for me and maybe this is only because i've never read any of the other thrawn books mm-hmm. and you guys have this setting already but this kind of like set the tone for me with how the rest of his team interacts with him mm-hmm. because I've never seen that before. Yeah. The only experience I've had with Thrawn has been in Rebels. Yeah. And at that point, he was kind of like large and in charge and yes. nobody really questioned him. So mm-hmm. I've not seen this side of things where people question him and yeah. they disobey any orders that he gives. And so that's why that was a little bit more shocking to me because I just haven't experienced that. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll, it'll be similar, you know, stories here with competing, you know, people who also want to rise in the ranks and, and they try to out show him and stuff. And he, he, he experiences that in the empire and he works his way up. Um, and so it's, it's going to be a, some similar story there, but mm-hmm. not the exact then, same for sure. And then in this excerpt, which will segue into the next one, mm-hmm. because similarly enough, like even though he's making all these decisions that people think are bad call, I think in the real world, you would probably be reamed yeah. by your commanding officer. If you made these calls and didn't tell her, yeah what you were doing and why you were doing it. Mm-hmm. But instead they still seem to love Thrawn and they're just like, kind of like, Oh, is this one of his shenanigans? I'm sure in yeah. the future, what does she say? Um, she says, well done captain. 
Next time you have a clever plan, kindly share it with me mm-hmm. before executing it. And so I just feel like we see in here, even though maybe he made some bad calls and in the real world we would see consequences mm-hmm. for that, he doesn't have any. Yeah. And so life goes on and they just move on to the next thing. Yeah. And then we kind of see in the other excerpt that we got, he also kind of got in a little bit of trouble, but yeah. not really. Yeah. I can't wait for you to read the first trilogy because it's, you'll like it. You'll like it. Um, so let's talk about the excerpt that we all read because I, I like that one. And then maybe it's because I've read the other book and it just felt very similar to, to the other trilogy. But this kind of struck me. I, I don't know why. But uh, Holly, do you, do you recall what was going on? We're introduced to a, what was a, a 13-year-old Skywalker. Now, not like Luke, not the Skywalker lineage, but the Chiss Skywalkers who are Force-sensitive, who who see, who can navigate through hyperspace using the Force. And we, we were introduced to that also in, in the second Thrawn book of the new Thrawn trilogy. So, uh, Holly, walk me through. What what did what, what, you think? What What's the story? All that good stuff. And then I want to get Luke in. Um, <laughs> yeah, we meet this girl. She's having a crisis because she's 13 and she's saying her whole life is over mm-hmm. because they don't need her as a Skywalker anymore. Yeah. I don't know what that means. So maybe somebody <laughs> else should explain this you. because, no, I mean, I don't yeah. understand like yeah. what, why she can only be a Skywalker until she's 13. I don't understand. Well, so the force, the sensitivity goes down as you get older. So you're not as useful. So there, Hold there, on. there aren't very Hold many. F- yeah. Wait. Yeah. Go ahead. Is that a thing in star Wars that the older you get, the less force sensitive. Well, you are? not with everyone. No, but oh. with these chiss folk it is. <laughs> so it's only the, the only female chiss have this ability and there are very few and far between. So to navigate kind of unknown regions, so to speak, the chaos, the chaos. as they call it, they use these folks who can navigate kind of through hyperspace and, and these routes that aren't so clear. Okay. And you'll you'll learn about that all, and I'm sure they'll give an introduction to it here as well in this book, but you'll learn about it in the others. But so she is, she's like, there's nothing for me. Like, I don't even know if she really knows what happens to Force Sensitive like that when they grow older. So she's like, I have nothing. I have nothing. This, is, this was my calling, and now what? Yeah. I have another question. Oh, a nice coming-of-age story. Go ahead. Do we know, like, was she, like... You don't need to raise your hand, by the way. Was she, like, <laughs> was she like abducted from her family and, like, forced into this? I don't This recall. seems like a child labor issue. I don't know. I'm sure it's something like that. Because she has to get adopted into one of the nine Chiss families now. Mm-hmm. Like, she can't just go back to her home. Or she was never a Chiss to begin with. So there's prestige there. I mean, she's Chiss, but not the, of the royal family. So there's prestige to have one of them in your family, supposedly, when they retire. So... Basically, these Chiss families get to buy a child to make sure. them more important. I, the, 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 the Chiss nine ruling families don't sound like great people. But, Luke, I don't know if you recall <laughs> if, if they were kind of, you know, taken from birth. I, I don't I don't recall when it started for them. They might not even got an into I have that. some problems with that. Well, but. <laughs> there's a ton of problems in Star Wars, and that's what we all find out over the years. But. Maybe that wasn't thought out very well, or maybe, you know, there's a story here that, you know, is, is meant to serve a purpose and, 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 and serve a better understanding. But Luke, do you recall it all? This is, uh, I, I've been doing some reading and listening to some journalists talk about um, the QAnon conspiracy recently, and it's, it's starting to sound a little QAnon See? Uh, child abduction. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the... It's kind of similar to the Jedi where they identify the ability in, in children early mm-hmm. and then they go 
to serve uh, yeah. the the ascendancy and uh, but yeah then they unlike the Jedi that we're familiar with they they for whatever reason lose their abilities as they kind of enter adolescence yeah and so then they but they have this prestige that you're saying like the families want to be associated with them so they they've been disconnected from their real families through this process so they envelop them into theirs and, and use it as like a prestige to have a Skywalker even if they're a former one related to the family um yeah it's really fascinating to hear holly's perspective on this not having read the, yeah. the other uh trilogy uh because i'm, I'm gonna go dark here come on let's yourselves. go darkly um i'm not i'm not super thrilled like don't get me wrong yeah it's it's star wars content which i'm a sucker for so it's probably gonna <laughs> you find its way to me i'm gonna read it but it's and I don't mean this in like a gatekeeper way, so don't take it that way. If anyone wants to come with this, fine. I'm not saying this shouldn't exist. But for me, I'm starting to wonder, like, is this still Star Wars? We're, yeah. we're way off in the Ascendancy in this different place with, like, not a lot of connection to all the Star Wars that we know. I thought it was really cool in the in the first trilogy that it was a huge mix of the Chiss culture. Mm-hmm in the galaxy culture that we know in the empire it's sort of a mix of the two and a blend of the two and you could see how they were like in the different how they played off of each other but this is like now it's it's way out there and the one saving grace might be that it still has this element of the force through the skywalkers yeah but i also am starting to feel like thrawn is a bit tapped out because like you said yeah. michael i didn't read the battle excerpt i only read this you know, um, Skywalker excerpt. And, but what you describe about the battle sequence sounds very similar to every <laughs> other battle sequence in the other three books. Um, and I almost wonder if Zahn was like, if I'm writing Star Wars, I'm only going to write stuff about Thrawn. Yeah. Or if Lucasfilm publishing made him keep writing Thrawn, because I almost feel like if Zahn is going to continue on in Star Wars, like maybe give him a different, um, different character different storyline to work with but i feel like maybe thrawn from from the the book standpoint is a little tapped or starting to kind of get a little repetitive yeah that was that was a concern of mine that that we like do we need another thrawn trilogy it's cool that we're going back in time but and what was so interesting was that kind of fish out of water effect of thrawn being immersed in this republic or this empire and not really knowing the language. He didn't know politics and people didn't really take him seriously. And it was cool to kind of see him show him up and then, and just be this iconic figure and, but he's so out of place. And so now he is in place. It seems what, what could be intriguing to me. And I, this is what I was picking up from the first excerpt that we read a while ago is, as he comes, he doesn't come from royalty. And so his rise is, is one of the working man. And it's just his, his, his wit and his charm that have kind of worked his way up and, and, and he does it in a different way. I thought that could be cool. Um, but yeah, that, that, that kind of battle sequence, I'm like, this feels very, very, very familiar. Um, and I did enjoy the story with him and this, this, this 13 year old Skywalker. So, she she's having this crisis right and here comes cadet thrawn 
a young Thrawn finds his way. Hey, are you okay? Like, I, I'm just kind of taking a walk through the ship, trying to get a feel for it. A literal feel we find out. Yeah. Um, are you okay? Consoles her. And she's like, I'm having a crisis. Like she's not really supposed to reveal who she is. So she's just like, I don't know what the future holds this and that. And what I love, and this, so Luke's absolutely right. Like we're kind of out of star Wars from this point. But when you talk about these Skywalkers and these force sensitives, Thrawn in this moment consoles her almost kind of like a wizened Yoda in the last Jedi, just showing up and being like, well, that path isn't predetermined for you. That path isn't, it's not, it's not, it's not written yet. It's, it's your choice. It's your destiny. And I was like, wow, that's a, that's, that's kind of a Thrawn we haven't really seen. Although, it is kind of familiar with Eli Vanto, right? Him kind of taking him on as an apprentice. And Eli Vanto is like, I really don't have anything for me. He's like, your, your future isn't written yet, man. Okay, question. Why do you go hang out with the Chiss for a while? Yeah. So that was Thrawn's apprentice? Eli Vanto, yes. Boy, and he's got a thick southern accent if you listen to the audiobook. Totally uh, threw me out. Like from Star Alabama? Wars for a bit. Yes, it's deep. Do you think it's, he's from Mobile? I don't know. That might not be south enough, Holly. Mobile's a pretty nice area. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and not to say if you got a thick southern accent, I love it. Uh, all my family members have it. So, but that's, uh, that's, that's kind of a familiar territory. He kind of takes Eli under his wing and, and, and shows him there's other opportunity out there. You know, you're not limited just to what's here, here in this empire. You can do great things elsewhere. So maybe it is a little more familiar, but I, I kind of liked that interaction. Holly, you didn't like it as much as I did. So well, what did you like and no, what no, no. didn't you like? I said earlier, we talked about this before we started podcasting. I appreciate seeing Thrawn have more of a gentle yeah. side. Okay, He's able to deliver that when it's needed, yeah. which it sounds like coming from the background that he came from, that's probably not something that you would expect him to be able to yeah. give yeah. somebody okay um but i don't i guess i just like don't understand how these all are going to tie in together but i guess then at the same time you're right this is the first book in a trilogy yeah i'm not really sure how much story we need to ha- to need three books yeah. about this it's a definite concern i, I mean there's well, not a lot of you know yeah i mean there's star wars i don't know you call them projects like the fate of the jedi they go on and on and on but there's so many more characters involved but i i I don't i don't i don't compare this to something like that but i i kind of agree with luke i think we might be tapping out on throne so okay this trilogy is taking place prior to all the books yes yes first trilogy yes okay so then I just have no concepts. Yeah, and that's okay. And that's that we're taking you with no Thrawn <laughs> history and saying, Hey, read these excerpts. Here's a couple pages of a 300 page book that is going to be part of a trilogy. And that's the thing. I'm trying not to cast too much judgment on these excerpts, but just a little cause for concern. And I, and I think Luke kind of feels some of those too. Like maybe, maybe we don't need this. Maybe we just need to know what happened to Thrawn post rebels. Okay. I do have a concept. Okay. So, <laughs> Imagine something happens to Thrawn mm-hmm. in this trilogy. Okay. And there are rumors about us getting an Ezra Bridger Thrawn series later down the road. Jeez. So maybe 
this all has a purpose. Maybe, maybe there's purgles out there that Thrawn's been, you know, training, corralling. I don't know that they're navigating hyperspace together and he's learning to skywalk via a purgle. I I don't know. Luke, are you buying it? That's a really interesting idea that that Holly brings up. Uh, And when you think about these different comic lines, we were talking about how right now, I think the Afra, Vader and mainline all kind of restarted in this in between Hoth and, and Return of the Jedi time period. Yeah. And it's cool the way those lines, if you're reading them all, you can see kind of how they're interweaving in the in these timelines and the, you see the connections. Mm-hmm. So it would be, be really fascinating, yeah, if the, the Ezra Bridger Thrawn follow-up comes out in some form at the same time that these books are coming yeah. out. Because you could have really interesting tie-ins between the two. I hadn't thought of that. Um, I'm skeptical Boy. if that's going to happen because if that follow-up is an animated series. Um, it seems like, you know, the bad batch is next on deck and they've yeah. never had two like animated series running simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, you know, they're going to start expanding that and there's going to be multiple animated series done at one time, you know, um, the, the timing of it just might not work. Cause when they've released these, the trilogies in the past, we think of um, aftermath or the first that are alphabet squadron that we're in the middle of mm-hmm. it's one a year, three years in a row. So there's like, yeah. no, there's no break so far, like the Ezra Thrawn sequel series to kind of catch up with this or kind of run in tandem but might be not enough time. Maybe you could follow right after. And my one thing I think is, is really interesting, and the reason I liked the excerpt with the Skywalker is it would be really interesting to me if this um, this trilogy explores what it is about the Chiss connection to the Force that yeah. is so different from the Jedi connection to the Force that they Definitely. they really use it for this narrow purpose of of navigation primarily, uh, and that that it that it goes away because mm-hmm. um, it wasn't really explained or, or discussed why in, in when it, the concept was introduced in, in the last uh, trilogy. So I think to me, if it, if it, it if it's, focuses a lot on that and that goes in interesting directions like holly says maybe ties into what the follow-up ezra bridger story is that that could be cool my concern is him like impressing people the way he does in this excerpt with the spin me around and then i still know you know with my eyes closed and i still know yeah. which part of the ship i'm facing and the cap the, per- the captain after he leaves is like wow no one's ever been able to do that on their first voyage yeah um and if his rise in this series and the way he impresses people is so similar to the way we saw his rise and the way he impressed people um, in the last trilogy with the Empire, I think that will be kind of redundant um, because we can surmise from from that trilogy that that's probably how he rose in the Ascendancy too. Um, so if it, to me, if it, it focuses a little bit more on this mm-hmm. Skywalker um, Skywalker aspect of the the culture, uh, that to me will be more valuable than than. Thrawn is tactically impressive again. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that that is actually a probable thing that could happen because we know that Thrawn's a collector and we know that he's a historian. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of that is explored in the yeah. first trilogy. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then, never mind. What I was going to say doesn't really. Yeah, they try, I mean, they draw on it a little bit it, because I was going to say this might show you where that came from if he's going to be exploring mm-hmm. how that Force connection is different for the Chiss than it is for the Jedi. That's where that like research 
Yeah. Like I'm going to research things and I'm going to collect things and I'm going to learn about all this stuff may have come from, but I guess if well, it was already explored. Yeah. Yeah. And Holly, that goes back because there's the legends Thrawn stuff. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and that, that was a character trait of, of Thrawn in those stories too. So something Zahn has always He's pulling had out. and mm-hmm. carried through the character. Um, but you bringing up the potential for the, the follow-up, uh, Ezra and Thrawn series um, makes me think more and more that Zahn was saying, I want to write another Star Wars book. And Lucasfilm was like, maybe try something that's not Thrawn. And he's yeah. like, no, I want Thrawn. And they would say like, well, you can't go post-Rebels Thrawn because we yeah. want that for yep. us. Guys. Okay, I'll go I'll go backwards. That's my dream. Um, so <sighs> to me, I, I, I keep getting worried that it's just like Zahn's stubbornness to move on. Yeah. Not move on from the character. <laughs> and so he's hey. just... And it's a paycheck, yeah, though. Backwards. I mean, his yeah. Thrawn books are bestsellers, like, and and Star Wars knows that they're gonna. You put Timothy Zahn's name on a Star Wars book, people are gonna buy it. But why would they give him a trilogy? Well, Holly, I'm gonna explain it. Oh, okay, let's hear it. Because I love what you guys are throwing down. But it, it, let me get a couple things off my chest here. So, like, with the Chiss, like, what's what? See, I what also didn't like that moment where you know they spin the throne around and you, all you need to go read the excerpts like please don't just take our you know summary of the story for what it is go read it and, and see what you think but that moment was kind of silly but i remember when i was first kind of you know reading these the the first throne trilogy and i'm wondering like are are all the chiss like this special is this like a chiss trait that they just appreciate this culture and this is how they all navigate you know in war and is is it or is this just thrawn and and what i kind of like about this excerpt so far is that it kind of shows us that this what what thrawn is it's thrawn it's not necessarily his race it's not necessarily his heritage he's a special person and it makes him unique and it kind of makes me think like and you're kind of seeing these nine families. So far, I don't know about you guys. I don't like the nine families. I don't either. They seem like stubborn, you know, kind of douchey people. They just take what they want. It, and children. Yes. They seem ter- They seem terrible. And then I'm like, boy, are we like... And I feel like Thrawn's probably not going to really get along with them. And the Smith house, like he was adopted into, I'm sure it's one of the different houses, you know, that isn't as terrible as the other ones. And and uh, they'll appreciate him and he'll respect them, and but he won't respect the others. I, I, I feel like... It could be setting us up for more Star Wars interactions in the future. I think, like, you know, if there is, let's say, a new Republic years down the line, who, who are they going to engage with? Who, who's going to be the next enemy? Who's going to be, you know, that that the adversary out there? It, 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 not to use Vong, you know, it's not going to be the Sith. Apparently, they're gone. So, like, <laughs> could we gone? <laughs> could we end up hating the Chiss so much? And then maybe Thrawn's back there and he struggles with this and he's like, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't mind these people in this galaxy, but what's, I, I, I'm torn between my two worlds. I, I could, I could see that happening, but here's another thing, guys, while you were talking, I loved exactly what you were saying. I love that we could tie in like to that, a butt coming. to that post, no, to that post rebels story about Thrawn and Ezra. And it made me think of the world between worlds look we need more of that i need to understand it more could there be a moment in this new thrawn trilogy where we're looking at things from the perspective of ezra bridger and he's found a portal somewhere and he's going back in time i don't know 
I don't know. That's not where I thought you were going to go with okay, that. Okay, where did you think I was I thought go? that you were going to be like, could there be a portal yeah. that Thrawn already knows about, Maybe. and he's just going back and forth between that's Good. how he knew about this ship. That's how he knew about all this stuff. That's how he knew about what maneuver here, to make. No, here, he just knew it all. Here's 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 why I he don't think He picked the right thrown. door. Here, here's why I don't think it was thrown. There was a sense of confidence in my boy Ezra Bridger in those final moments. Like, he knew what the hell he was doing. Like, he'd been somewhere. And back. That he'd seen things. And he knew what was going to happen. And, and he knew where it. he needed to go. He's the only time traveler that we know of in Star Wars. So he's seen things that no one else has seen. Did he make another visit to the portal? Is he now connected to the portal? Is he the gatekeeper of the freaking portal and he can call upon it whenever he needs to? And he said, I'm up against this adversary. Show me the future. Show me the past. Let me understand this person. And we go back and we see Thrawn in the past. And maybe Ezra Bridger is learning things. Not, I don't not necessarily weaknesses, but things about Thrawn. Could he be an ally? Could it, what? What is it that we're meant to do? I don't know. Am I crazy? Am I crazy that they would bring in the portal in this? That because you know what, Luke, we were talking about this kind of seems like the same old Thrawn. Maybe we're beating a dead horse here, but like you bring in the portal, we talk about time travel and and changing the past. I mean, that changes things up. Am I wrong? You're right, and that kind of is more of a, a sci-fi you know, element. You know, we talk about the sci-fi versus the fantasy. And and I think a lot of Zahn has been much more sci-fi than fantasy. Um, So yeah, for him to play around with that, that, that could work. I could see it. You need someone to describe the portal and how time travel change. Like give it to Zahn. I'm sure he'll find a way to break it down like a goddamn instruction manual. Holly, are you buying it? I feel like you're not interested. I don't. I'm you not. Don't, you're, 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 I'm pitching this and you're like, go back to your dump. Yeah. Your Lucasfilm. You're like, I don't think so. Get out of Get here. Get out of here. Get them out. What don't you like about it? Um, all of it. Wow. I'm going to try not to be offended. <laughs> no, I think that ahead. that was creative. I think that was good, Thanks. but I um, am not interested in that. Okay. But that's all I have to say. Well, and that's fair. Cause like I said, and like Luke said, you don't have that exposure yet. Um, and you will. And I think you'll like Thrawn. I just and, don't want to yeah. do that to my boy Ezra. What, 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 what would be so bad? You think like he makes that, he has to make a sacrifice every time he I goes into the portal. No, <laughs> no I'm going to lose just, a limb. Oh God. Okay. No, yeah. I just want that story to be propelled forward and okay. I don't want him to come back. And I, I feel like, don't get me wrong. I love a good time travel story. Yeah. However, I feel <laughs> like it would be very easy for things mm-hmm. to get lost and details to become too fuzzy and people to question things that happened later in Star Wars if we're going back. I and I get Thrawn yeah. isn't like, like Luke said, it's like, are we out of like the Star Wars territory? So yeah. that is a good way to separate yeah. the two and try to make it so it doesn't happen. Yeah. It is crazy. And I get that. And I'm not even saying it needs to be a huge, like, like huge part of this trilogy. But I think of like the movie Interstellar. Oh, God. And, you know, the beginning is kind of creepy. Things are happening. You don't understand it. Yeah. That could be something like this. Even if you're on the perspective of Ezra, Ezra probably (laughs) doesn't even understand it. But, like, 
I just think that would be so cool. Like, it's not fully explained. It's not fully explained what Ezra is doing in the portal or what we just know that Ezra is somehow present and witnessing whatever is going on in this moment. But we understand Ezra is also in the future and he's with Thrawn. And how is this going to connect? And yeah, great. Let's have an, an animated series and let's explain it all. I'm down. I just think it's such an intriguing idea to play with that. And like Luke said, that is sci-fi's I'll get out. So let Timothy Zahn do it. I feel like he, he, he is, has to be following Star Wars enough to be like, I could totally do that. Yeah. This is interesting. This isn't just, you know, I mean, how could a he not, upbringing. How could he not have watched Rebels? It has his boy in it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how invested he is in the Star Wars universe, but I, I would. He has to. I mean, to come back and do it all over again and rewrite a character he'd already written, is, and then to now go back and write him again at a coming of age kind of Thrawn story. I'm down for it, but you, it has to be more interesting. There has to be something about it that is going to captivate us. I'm just. It just. It cannot be just a rehash of the first one. The answer is Ezra Bridger. We all agree. No, I, I think it's you guys just, were great about that. It's yeah. just how he is delivered yeah. to yeah. us. Yeah. I don't know. I the portal, you're starting I a uh, should Ezra Bridger kill baby Palpatine with the portal <laughs> debate. <laughs> should he? Should he go and take and out Ron? I don't see, know. See, but then it just gets oh. too confusing because it's like, okay, well, what happened? It's like then we're in the Avengers yeah. and we're going back to get the holly with great powers comes great responsibility time travel it's not it's not this isn't yeah and the stones are still out there oh my god someone can still like someone has to be the gatekeeper but is it like a different is it like an alternate reality and like is it and then what happens does it change the future has the future already happened when when Ezra went in and pulled Ahsoka out of there, you love that. Did that change the future? I love that that, that's what I'm saying told him you cannot keep doing that does this Ezra Bridger ever listen to any instruction he ever gets? No. no, he does not. Someone says, don't go in that portal again. It's going to hurt somebody. He's like, but I could save the world. Uh, what, this portal that I just got back from? Yeah. It's not, the portal's still there. Like, it's not destroyed. Like, Palp he prevented Palpatine from being the gatekeeper of it. Thank God. Well, I mean, as far as we know. Well, that's a great point. Maybe Palpatine used it to come back. I don't know. Who freaking knows? Palpatine's knows? never in. going away. It could it could tie in with that. Maybe we go to Exegol. Maybe Thrawn finds Exegol. Who oh, knows? Jesus. Maybe he I just took the portal and moved it to Exegol. I don't know. I'm going to start writing the uh, screenplay for it. I'll tell you that. I'm going to pitch it to them if they haven't already thought about it. But um, I'm assuming this first book is already done, seeing as how it comes out in a mere week. Um, so Thrawn Chaos Rising is just around the corner, and I apologize uh, to all our listeners. No, we're not one of those podcasts that gets press, you know, released early to us. We we don't get early advances of copies of Thrawn. We have not signed up for anything like that, uh, mostly just because Mike can't read that fast, so it would serve no purpose. But now that we've got these two fast readers, maybe they can knock these books out in a the month club. advance. We have a book club, actually, but you can't you can't go and talk about it until it's actually released. I Holly, so but maybe we'll we'll do something like that and get these guys early copies so they can read those uh mike's gotta either become you know quicker reader or just dedicate more time to reading um so he can get back into these novels but i will be picking up a copy i'm gonna try to knock out Thrawn as soon as possible so we can talk about it holly's gonna blow through the first trilogy to get into this one and you'll probably beat me probably yeah Actually, that's not a bad idea. I yeah. might need to start doing that. I'll read Ahsoka You're and Thrawn books. You're welcome. They're all on the uh, the bookshelf, so just uh, take a stab. Anyone else have any other crazy Thrawn trilogy, you know, speculation? Anybody? Holly? Or 
I don't. I'm not speaking for Luke, but before Luke speaks, yeah. I will say to everybody listening, if you have any crazy Thrawn oh my God. theories, yeah. send them to us. I can't wait to get a bunch of hate mail and say, Mike, that's the dumbest idea ever, just like Holly said. So I can't <laughs> wait to hear that. Luke, any other crazy speculation on your part? No, like like this uh, character might be, I am tapped out. I am tapped out and so could be Thrawn if we don't get a portal connection. Guys, what are we expecting? Did you like these excerpts? I mean, could the portal actually play a huge part in this role? And we're all going to be taken by storm when it happens. Maybe it's not this one. Maybe it's not the second one. It'll Maybe be the it's next Thrawn trilogy. One. Who knows? I have no idea. It's all speculation. You, you, this isn't from Lucasfilm, but if I'm right, by God, you heard it here first. Pretty sure that's not a theory anyone else has said. So if they have, let me know. Pretty sure that's original, though. I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Checking out that Darth Vader comic, you know, talking about Thrawn. That book is coming out now. Are you picking it up? I sure hope you are because we are going to be talking about it at some point once I finish the novel after everyone else. Um, so go pick up a copy of that so you can chat with us about it. Who knows, Holly? Maybe a book club. Maybe a book, book club. I don't know. Episode. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe in 10 years. Who a, knows? A book of the month. Book of the month. That's a great call. We could, <laughs> we could do that. Uh, but guys, I really hope you enjoyed this. Um, you know, <laughs> Holly, we're streaming every every so often. That was a, that was last night. Was a lot of fun. Yeah. How it was. how many nights can I stay up till you know three a.m. streaming? Hopefully not anymore. Seriously, I can't do it often, guys. But we had a lot of fun on there. So when we go live, be sure to check it out there on YouTube. A lot of fun. You can join and you can play some Fall Guys with us. You can hop on my fire team and we can own some Destiny. Go do some raids together. We can play some Battlefront. Whatever you guys want to do, I'm down. So check us out when we're live streaming. Get in that Facebook group. A lot of fun there. That group is growing. Having a lot of fun with each other. Um, follow us on all social media wherever you can find Flying Casual. Do so and uh, yeah guys we'll be talking to you soon and I hope that that force is with you as always have a good week we'll see you later